Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Look at that view. Mm, mm, mm. That, look at that. Oh, lovely. Very nice up there. A lovely view. Just for Brett's. <laughs> All right. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Hello there. <laughs> One Pfizer shot later, right? Was One it the Pfizer? Moderna. Moderna. Okay, it was Moderna. The Moderna it was shot. Moderna. So we're bringing you Jeanette's planning this week, but it's going to be a struggle. Under the we're, influence. We're going to yeah. make it happen. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Uh, it's 8.01. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Aurora, you guys. It's a beautiful, sunshiny day out there, as you can see. Uh, you're listening to the Second Largest City's First Daily News Podcast, and uh, it's Friday. Good morning to all of our friends, uh, Jim Mendoza, Aisha Saxon, so many, Melissa Mendoza. Good morning to all y'all. Good morning. All right. Jeanette Splaining, part three? I, I don't know what we're on now. Three, I think, yeah, four. I think so. This I is think the so. first one with the official name, though. Right. So maybe we start marking it from here. Okay. Maybe this is initial... Jeanette Splaining, episode number one. All right, Jeanette Splaining, episode number one. We're kicking it off to a great start, too, because let me tell you, this was actually a really amazing week. Like, all of the news is good this week. It is. I think all of the news is good, but man, do I feel like crap. So. <laughs> Why do you feel like crap, Jeanette? What the? So, uh, those of you who have been following uh, me on, on the gram know that I got my first shot, the gram, right? <laughs> right? I call it that now. Yeah. I don't even want to be on it, but that's what I call it. Grail. I got my first shot, uh, you know, several weeks ago, right? Um, and had the COVID arm reaction, like the bump, no big deal. Got the second shot yesterday. Um, and it, the way that it, the Moderna vaccine works and the Pfizer one, although the reactions tend to be worse on Moderna, uh, is it creates an immune response in your system. So you feel like you're sick, even though you're not sick. Now it's completely relative to actually getting the illness itself. It's nothing. But, uh, man, like, you get the headache, like, I cannot move my arm above, like, oh. my shoulder. You cannot do, uh, or, like, the, 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 you can't speak, apparently. apparently. See that? You stumble oh over God. your words. <laughs> uh, but the headache, the, like, body aches and, like, chill fever all night. Like, yeah. just back and forth, back and forth. So anyone who's got one Moderna shot in there, I'm gear up for this. 
Although, um, and here's, here's the science and background that people actually probably do want to know, which is that um, the reactions are likely to be stronger if you're younger. They're stronger if you are a woman, um, and they're stronger with the Moderna vaccine over any of the others, and they are stronger, uh, they're really strong for a lot of people who have actually had COVID already. So their recommendation now is that if you are getting one of these two-dose vaccines, if you had COVID once already, you're probably set by just getting one vaccine dose. You don't need two if you actually had COVID. Right. So um, just some things to keep in mind. That said, I'm so excited to have it because uh, the CDC announced this week that you can hug people again. Hey, you can hug. Can hug. Yes. Once, yeah, yes. so the recommendation is that once you are fully vaccinated, you can have physical contact, you can um, uh, take off your mask and talk to people and smile and stuff oh. when you're in close quarters. When you are in public, you should still be wearing your mask, and that's for a variety of reasons, including right. people who cannot get the vaccine, who might still be vulnerable, people who haven't gotten the vaccine because there's just not enough out there yet. Like, um, so in public, masks on. At home or at someone else's home or whatever, you can uh, shed all of that once you're fully vaccinated. So I feel like crap, and it's going to be so worth it in two weeks when I can just hug everybody. That's good. Resume my hobby, my pre-COVID hobby of looking random doorknobs. That's I'm really looking forward. And to that's that. not a joke, y'all. That's not. <laughs> no, that's that's not that's not well, on-air banter. That's. <laughs> 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 Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so All right. One year that we've lived with this whole thing. It is. Topic of the day. The time, well, many, one of many. The day everything changed. It's been one year. It's been one year. So March 11th was the day that everything got real crazy last year, right? Because uh -huh. that was the day, like, folks showed up at a basketball game in Oklahoma and, and, and they just like call even though everyone was there, they're like, oh, never mind, we're not doing this. And, right. then, and then the NBA shut down and then Tom Hanks got sick. And that's, I think, I feel like it was Tom Hanks. And everyone was like, oh no, yeah. oh no, a national treasure. Because he was in Australia. He was in Australia. With his wife, yeah. And, uh, and he got it, yes. So I was like, no, not Castaway, no. Right, and then uh, by the end of that week, right, that's when, you know, I think everybody around here, you know, in Illinois started, like, freaking out a little bit and getting, right. you know, getting ready to shut down. That's when we started having the emergency meetings at work. Um, and then by that weekend, they were calling for him, you know, maybe go stock up on booze and just stay home for a while. Right. Things started shutting down, but it was told to us that alcohol, uh, liquor stores would remain open. I remember that. The school district shut down Every, everything. Yeah. Everybody. Like there was literally a special ordinance that said liquor stores. Yes. Liquor stores were specifically deemed essential services um, because if you want people to stay home and not do anything, it's uh, that, you know, the liquor stores, the dispensaries stayed open, right? Like it really, it would have been a much more honest PR campaign and probably more effective if like 
the every level of government had just said like stay home and get plastered just you get one month <laughs> just right. stay home and get plastered we'll right. let you know when it's safe right we it's like walk- the, yeah it's like marie antoinette for 2020 right. you know it's like let them have edibles <laughs> exactly right and like we would have all just stayed home for a month we would have like had some time to get on top of this thing it wouldn't have gotten nearly as bad right that's just a I mean, I'm making that up. I don't have statistics to say that it wouldn't have gotten as bad. But I like to think that if the entire country had just stayed home and gotten high, then probably we would. Um, so for a, from a great article um, in NBC5 Chicago, uh, on March 11, 2020, the American public finally began to come to grips with the stark reality. The toll of the novel coronavirus would be unavoidable for months to come, perhaps longer. For nearly two months, Health and government officials had been sounding the alarm about the virus as it infected and killed thousands of people around the world, pinballing from China to Italy and beyond before striking Seattle in the first deadly outbreak in the United States. Time is 8.08. I don't know why everybody got so quiet after I read that, but that's cool too. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on to... Uh, I'll post this article so you guys can um, read the rest. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, remains in our current administration. An hour later, um, excuse me, I'm reading from the uh, article. The World Health Organization announced the uh, coronavirus outbreak, quote, can be characterized as a pandemic on that day. Yes, yeah. And uh, what's been really astounding throughout a lot of this, too, is just how on target a lot of the predictions have been you know uh really early on from the scientists that were watching and saying like trying to take guesses at how many millions of people would catch this thing Mm -hmm. uh how many people would die from it um you know there's ranges right from lots of different experts but so they've actually been relatively uh on target we're at over half a million people in america dead from it now and that's not far off from what a lot of the experts were saying right the um uh the the vaccine has clearly made my brain melt and forget my my train of thoughts (laughs) seriously because we're reading from a script so i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) so um uh what what has been, I, I think, where we go from here in this conversation mm-hmm. is talking about the things I think uh, the things that have changed um, that obviously we want to return back to, right? Because there's been this huge push among everybody, politicians in particular, but but everybody to like get back to normal, get back to normal, get back to normal. And I think the thing that I'm interested in us reflecting on as a society, but since I don't have that much power, maybe just in the listenership of this podcast, <laughs> is the um, degree to uh, the, the things that have changed that we don't want to go back to. Right. Right. I think there are things that have changed over this course of the pandemic that have been... Um, I don't want to say net gains because we lost 500,000 people, right? But like things that have come out of it that we do want to shift and do differently in our lives. Definitely. I, you know, speaking just for myself, like I don't, you know, maybe there's people who want to create a new norm, right? So like everybody's degree of returning to normalcy, I think... I think at one point in time in the pandemic, to your point, which is really well made, I think at one point in time in the pandemic, people were like, wow, you know, four months in, five months in, if only we could go back to normal, concerts, yada, yada, I still got my job, 
But now it's like, okay, let's have a normalcy of what's happening yeah. now kind of thing. Yeah, so, I mean, I think everybody still wants to go back to concerts, right? Like, I know I do, but I don't think everybody wants to go back to commuting every day. Right. You know, right. like, which we've talked about before mm -hmm. on this show. I think um, people, <laughs> I think the face masks, I don't think everyone wants to go to wear them every day for the rest of their lives every time they're out in public but i do think we'll start to see people wearing them when they're feeling a little under the weather and going out in public right uh putting I, them on their eyes when they go to sleep at night like i can do it both sure right. yeah why not uh but you know like that and actually that's a really common practice in parts of asia you know if you're mm -hmm. not feeling well but you got to take the subway to get to the doctor's office you put on a mask right? right and so that's one of those things that's just in our collective consciousness now um, so I don't, uh, maybe this is one that we put to the audience. Like, what are the things that you want to get back to? I like that. And what are the things that you're like, nah, it's actually really good with. Let us have, home. yeah, let us know in the chat. Tell us what you would like to get back to and tell us what you're glad has gone away. Yeah. Or has changed something that changed for the positive. We don't always have to be dark. Right. You know? Right. Like, uh, I think one thing, um, you know, there was there was that crazed panic of seed buying at the beginning of this. Does everybody remember that? Do we all remember how we just all went and bought seeds? People we like, remember the toilet paper wars. The toilet, okay, the yeah, toilet paper yeah. fine, but like there was also a run on seeds, like mm -hmm. so because people were like, what if the food system collapses? Right. And we have to grow our own food, which like I mean, we all did this. I I think collectively everybody did some some kind of crazy mental algebra that was like okay if society collapses this much i'm gonna need seeds but yeah. if society collapses <laughs> this much i'm gonna be i'm gonna need guns to protect my like garden and my backyard right, right? Like, we can do both yeah just, shotguns and cucumbers just, we can right. have <laughs> it just got crazy there for a little bit but what is sticking around is this like the gardening thing you right doing that which is you know like all of the seed companies have said like no we're still like having a hard time meeting um, you know, fulfilling demand, right? So if more gardeners come out of this, that's kind of a nice thing. It doesn't make up for half a million people dead, but it's kind of a nice thing. Aisha Sachs, and happy Friday to you as well. Rafael y Francis Rodriguez. Okay, here we go. So Rafael mentions that I'd like to get back to seminars, expos, conventions, and craft shows. Oh, yeah? Well done. Yeah, you know He's what? He's ready That's... for the swag bag. He is. <laughs> He's ready. Karina Howard. Good morning, peeps. Have a good one. You as well, Karina. You as well. And Jen Mendoza, feel better soon, Jeanette. We'll catch up soon when Thanks, you feel up Jen. to it. <laughs> Word up. Yep. So the time is now 8.14. You're listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora. Check it out outside. It's a nice, beautiful, sunshiny day. And uh, it's really pretty out there. So moving right along to the next news item. Well, did we? Yeah, so anniversary of COVID. So we, I feel like we covered that. Do we want to hit stimulus too while we're at it? Yes, let's okay, do that. Okay, so yep. real fast. Just... Uh... I'm sure everyone is paying attention to this news in the national conversation because whenever there's like 1400 bucks for free like floating around, everyone suddenly actually watches the news. All right, bing, 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 bing yeah, right, turn on NBC, y'all. Yeah, like <laughs> they pass that, they pass that, yeah. Um, so 
Um, they did. They don't go vote, but they tune in to see where the fourth. I mean, oh, I'm not gonna. I'll stop. You know, oh, let's not nitpick. Cash is cash. Let's not nitpick. You're right. So, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Uh, I mean, yes, everyone should vote, but also like fourteen hundred bucks. If they paid everyone fourteen hundred bucks to vote, then you know. People get to the polls. Bing. Right? That's, that's so really, I mean, and I don't know that that would make democracy any more expensive than it already is, given mm -hmm. how much money goes into these campaigns. I think I just fixed democracy. Did there you, you go. Jeanette's <laughs> All right. So no more campaign donations. Everybody just gets paid to go vote. So. Nice. <laughs> um, but the stimulus, the stimulus uh, did pass. It's called the American Recovery Act, something, right. something, something. I'm sure it's got a longer title than that. Um, and it comes. Because would sound whack. Right. Because, so uh, $1,400 per person. Here's the insane, yeah, A, per person. So, like, previous stimulus uh, checks have been, you know, so. so 1200 bucks for an adult and 600 bucks for kids or six and three or mm -hmm. something like that right this is 1400 bucks per person so uh you know if you've if you've got um some small ones running around you're like cashing in um it doesn't make up for the fact of just how expensive it is to raise a kid in america these days but hey right like you get a fat stack um also for families and this is the thing oh and on the stimulus um they're saying that some of those checks could come as early as this weekend which is insane to me y'all about to go like, crazy y'all get that stimulus they about, to, <laughs> they about to go crazy of the federal government moving that fast on anything right right, right. so y'all don't go crazy out there y'all don't so, go crazy so we'll see <laughs> uh but check Keep an eye on your bank accounts. Right. Um, if you need help on how to spend your stimulus, you can just email Good Morning or Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just find me. Right. Right. Holler at us. I've got ideas. <laughs> uh, and so, but the other amazing thing about this uh, rescue package is that um, it also includes uh, tax credits. It changes the way that tax credits are done for families with kids. And that's a bigger, it's a pretty big deal it's, um, because they will, it increases the amount that families can get. Mm -hmm. It also increases, it makes the deduction or the, the credit and above the line credit is the tax term. And what it means is that like, even if you weren't going to get that much back, now you can get all of that back basically. Like nice. if you didn't owe that much in tax, you're still getting all of that money. So, um, uh, it's supposed to lift, like, it's supposed to take half of the families currently, like, half of the children living in poverty out of poverty. Now, it'll just move them slightly above that line, but, right, you know, of uh, course. but it's going to be a huge thing for a lot of families. Um, one implication for our listeners is that if you already did your taxes, you might just want to keep an eye to the ground or near to the ground and maybe talk to your tax guy and be like, should I maybe refile because of the, everybody's tax situation? is going to be a little different and there may be some cases where filing an amended return might get you some more money so gotcha. like talk to your your tax guy or gal another comment from uh brent Jimenez. i would like to get local events back the most street festivals art bars stuff like that but i'm glad that it will be more normal to wear a mask in public when feeling sick Tracy Duran, good morning, everyone. Good morning to you as well, Tracy. And Leticia Milla, uh, Millen, checking in. Good morning to you as well. The time is 
8.18 a.m. You're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And this is Jeanette Splaining, Indeed. episode one. Episode one, officially. So you're listening to Jeanette Splaining, episode one. Moderna shot. Uh, let's yeah. get to the next part. Where and I explain how terrible I feel. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so a couple of quick local news items, and then we're going to move on to our next topic. All right. Uh, East Aurora School District is hiring. Told you guys about that. The classic professions, the people that we need, lunch ladies and crossing guards, Yay. noon hour meal supervisors and traffic monitors. If you or someone you know is looking for a job, we hit you with the link and it's on our Facebook page. So please go apply. And the five day meal packs that are distributed or available on Thursdays have returned. They are an additional offering at the same time and location as regular on site daily meal pickup. Shout out to Eastern Royal School District 131 for all that good news. Uh, and virtual rock and rumble starts Monday. A fun music and movement program for all ages brought to us by the Aurora Public Library. Uh, you have to register for that, so please do so. Shouts out to the library. And have you heard about PEBT? PEBT. PEBT. You gotta love the federal government and education as a sector both for their amazing use of um acronyms that make no sense right it's such a thing <laughs> so basically what we're talking about the pandemic electronic benefit transfer guys it's a link card you get it's food stamps right you get free money so the way that um the federal uh, free and reduced lunch program works, right? Um, aside from shaming kids by like giving you the lunch card that's a different color, why did they do that? Did that happen to you as a kid, man? You well, know, the school me, I went to, we didn't have let me tell you, backing up, and I'm about to like, <laughs> dig up some like some some feelings for some kids. We're right gonna have now. to have a camera in here, y'all, because she's going through a moment. Because, <laughs> Westerner schools, and I don't know if this is the case everywhere, but it's the case sure. of Westerner schools when I was growing up back in the 80s and 90s, mm -hmm. like, you would get a card, like your lunch card, right? And they would punch it or whatever every day. And if you paid full price for your lunch, it was like yellow. But if you paid, if you got free or reduced lunch because you were the poor kid, mm -hmm. it was green. And so like it was me and Pedro were the only kids with like the other color and you're like kind of like hiding it or whatever. Cause right. you don't like Y'all you know, sliding into the lunch right. like charge that. You know, like, <laughs> oh yo, she got the green card, they ain't got nobody. Right. <laughs> I, might, I might have those colors switched. All I remember was yeah. it was very traumatic to have to but anyway, so um a part of that's been done away with, I think, because at this point, there are so many students in, um, it, when your school district hits a certain percentage of kids who qualify for free and reduced lunch, A, you start getting breakfast at the school for free too, and B, everybody gets it. So as opposed to like some kids paying full price and some kids paying the reduced or the free price, um, everybody just gets free lunch. So I, I think that that's, I think that that's, the American way. Uh, you, I mean, is it not? I mean, I, I love living in a world where kids get where lunch kids get to eat. Free. What a nice idea! Kids eating and also not getting shame over the color of their lunchroom cards. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, what do you guys think? Should kids should have free? 
pre-lunch. Breakfast and lunch, right? Right. Let us know okay. in the comments what you guys think, like, or it's you know, not a thousand percent. It's not like completely free. You're still paying taxes, right? Right. Like, Fair. You're still paying taxes. True. Government still. It's one of those like, if we all agree that education is a good thing, we should probably all agree that feeding the kids is a good thing. I, I uh, couldn't have said it better myself. So, anywho, uh, so yeah, if you right now, if you are a parent in the West River School District, you are eligible to get a basically a link card, a like food stamp card, um, uh, any any parent of kids in that district. Yeah. Um, and it's loaded with about six bucks a day or something like that. Um, and uh, so you can use it to um, go buy groceries right now. So since the kids aren't in school all the time. So uh, immigration status, not a factor, like doesn't matter right. if you've got kids. Um, where, where do we get, there's a link posted, which we've gotten a letter to. Yeah, we posted yeah. the link for you. It's on our Facebook, you guys. Uh, you, The letter is there with the link as well. Uh, District 129 participates in the CEP, Community Eligibility Provision of the National School Lunch Program. The time is 8.23 a.m. and you are listening to Jeanette Splaining, part one. Okay, so um, next we're going to talk about... Talking about schools? We're talking about schools. And all you parents out there, you need to... You need to tune in. You need to listen. You need to listen very, very carefully to what we're about to tell you. I mean, mostly, just I'm just going to tell you the same thing. Last time we talked about schools is just be nice, people. Word like, up. I know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here's, <laughs> so here's the deal: the national revolutionary idea, right? Yeah. Just be nice. Yeah. Like I know it's it's awful for everybody, and you don't make it any better by complaining. Mm -hmm. um, but and um, and he, so. Uh, the guidelines have changed again for what is safe in schools. So originally, schools were required to keep six feet between students, but if you're already in overcrowded classrooms, like how are you going to maintain that amount of space per kid to keep right. them from sneezing on each other, right? right. Um, or like rubbing those grubby little kid hands on things. Um, yeah, Snickers so bars, your face equals fun. What? Snickers bar. Plus your face equals fun, yeah. like smearing. Sure. Yeah. Is that a thing? I I don't have kids. I don't know what the kids are doing these days. Yeah. Aside from the Roblox, I know they do that. That's the jam. That's, yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, schools are having to do all these crazy things, like um, mark out, like, blocks or, like, you know, spaces in, like, the classrooms, you know, so mm -hmm. that your kid has to sit in the one spot and not next to other kids and keep them in pods and then they were having all these challenges with rotating them in and out of their classrooms and so then they had the teachers rotating in and out of the classrooms and then like um they also you know it, it creates a big problem with like lunches right too because usually for lunch or for breakfast you've got all the kids going into the cafeteria sort of at one time or in shifts and um then you know again touching each other right so they changed uh uh, oh, and then on top of that, they have the AB schedules or the Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday schedules and all of this. So the guidelines have changed again. And so now we're down to three to six feet, something like that. So yeah, like, three feet now. Three, three feet. feet. Yep. So your kids can get slightly closer and probably, you know, still just break the rules anyway and rub their grubby hands on things. Right. So um, and, and on top of that. Teachers are getting vaccinated very quickly mm -hmm. at this point. So most, um, in a lot of areas, they've done mass vax sites 
um, specific, at least in Illinois, right, because teachers were eligible quite early in Illinois um, to get teachers vaccinated quickly. Yeah, uh, shout out to all of our uh, teachers and educators out shout there. Out because their jobs have just been exceptionally hard. Right. Um, and so now the challenge is uh, there's, there's a lot of parents out there who are desperate to get their kids back in school. And again, you have to have grace for that because the, these are parents who you know, we tend to rely on public schooling as childcare, right. um, which uh, is not an ideal for society functioning and getting parents the opportunity to, to work, right? But that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, and so, you know, it's really difficult for these families to try and think of, well, is, you know, um, I'm trying, I was going to say is little Timmy, but nobody calls their kids Timmy anymore. Little Aiden, Aiden, Hayden, Caden, Jane, Ray, right. like, is Jaden right. uh, going to school on this Jayden. Monday or next Monday? Perfect. How do I like, you know, how yeah. do you like, how do you build your work schedule around something that's so erratic, right? And it's half days and it's these days. It was already difficult for mm -hmm. working parents, you know, two working parents to try and figure out the childcare thing. And then on top of that, how are you going to get childcare when like you don't trust anyone to not be, uh, you know, to be around your kids and not be sick and all, all of this stuff, right? Um, and then on top of that, you still have parents that still, for one reason or another, cannot send their kids to school at all. Right. Because somebody in the home is medically fragile, something like that. So Jaden goes to school and he brings something home and he doesn't get sick and his teacher doesn't get sick, but he passes it on to somebody who gets really ill at the home. To the listeners, Jaden is fictional. He's fictional. But man, you're, you're explaining it Jayden really Hayden good. Jaden <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Raphael, free lunch for kids always. We concur. Good morning to Norma Peterson. Leticia says yes for sure. And Tracy Duran, all kids should have free breakfast and lunch. It's horrible that some kids get shamed when they don't have enough money on their lunch cards. There should be no reason that the kids shouldn't get a free meal. I totally concur. Yeah, and good morning to you, Karina. You sometimes hear those, like, they're supposed to be the heartwarming stories of somebody coming in and paying off the kid's debt on their, like, milk money or whatever, right? And yeah. you're kind of like, why are we making our children debtors, like, you know, in the third grade to begin with? I hate that. Yeah, no, yeah. have debt in yeah. the third grade, even it's like, if it's for milk. <laughs> yeah. It's like the person who gives the kid 10 bucks gets goes viral. But the whole yeah. point of why a kid is like, in debt at lunch. They just need to the milk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, all this over a little mini box of Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Crazy. Right? So um, anyway, so you've got these parents who are trying to get their kids back into school. You've got the parents who are still not ready to go yet. This creates all kinds of chaos. And even in the most normal, best of years, if you want to see chaos erupt in a public sphere, go to a school board meeting when they are trying to adjust the bus schedules, right? When they're <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? So, or like yeah. the school, the bell times or whatever, because they orchestrate these things to create some kind of consistency for parents and to make sure that teachers can move between schools when they need to and all of this stuff. It's really, it gets stupidly complex even in a normal year. So all the, you know, for the people who are like, I just need to get my kid back in school. Yeah, yes, yeah, you do. You told, of course you do. Right. But administrators can't just like throw open the doors and say like, hey, all right, everybody back in because it's, yeah, that's still of course, of course. not safe for the community. Uh, time is 8.30 a.m. It is Friday. You're listening to Jeanette Splaining. This is volume one. 
Uh, so what we're talking about, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to read a little bit of this article, and of course we will post it for you guys to read at your leisure. The news that came out of the Illinois State Board of Education on Tuesday was big. In the world of education, at least here in our area, it was almost the equivalent of a stop the presses. That's because the ISBE, another acronym for you, ISBE. Had, had just posted on its website a revision to its COVID-19 safety guidelines that, among other things, declared schools no longer had to be tied to the long-standing six-foot social distancing guidelines. These new guidelines put the minimum distance between students at three feet. As long as teachers are fully vaccinated, created a lot of buzz, not just with school administrators and board members, but also with anxious parents. Yeah. So what's going to happen now is the school boards, the administrators, they're all going to sit down and try to, they're all probably pulling extra hours right now trying to figure out, okay, how do we adjust this to get more kids in? Can we adjust this to get more kids in? Does it make sense to just finish out the semester the way we've been doing? Right. So have patience. Right. Yes, it sucks. Is patience a virtue? A pay well, it's not one that I possess personally, so I guess I can't really speak to it. Mm. Your like honesty it. is so... I like it when other people have patience <laughs> <laughs> with me. <personally>. Right. <laughs> um, so a couple of local news topics before we get into the next part of the news. I want to say good morning to all you guys out there. Shouts out. Let's see. Let's get some Kane County shouts out. Geneva, what up? Wake it up. Elgin. Stand up. How you doing out there? South Elgin, too. We didn't forget about you. Sure we had a check-in from Skokie uh, the other day on Tuesday. So, yeah, shouts out to Skokie. Yes, yes. Shouts out. Such is the reach, uh, the broad reach of the podcast world. That's right. right? Uh, so, shout out to Skokie. Shout out to St. Charles, Batavia, as well. Yeah. Got to give the shouts out to the whole Kane County. Is Elburn in Kane County? Elburn is in King County. Okay, shout out to Elburn, Illinois as well. We had a couple of check-ins from there. Boom, boom. King County is super weird because it's like, uh, you know, you've got the Fox Valley, right, which is on the eastern edge. And right. You've got major cities like Elgin and Aurora, right, and all the nice little places in between. And then you get just a little bit, you just go right past 47 and you're like, this is just farm field. There's just right. farm, it's like a totally different Frog in a corner and he go around. Crambone. I don't know that reference, but yes. Oh no, please give me a look. No. You don't know that reference? No, I don't, I don't know that reference. The person who can tell me where that reference is from gets a t-shirt. Oh, there it is there right there. Oh, Frog yeah. in the corner, and he go riding. <laughs> Crambone. Yeah. If you tell me where that's from, you get a t-shirt. Yeah. Just like that. And I'll tell you what. You can come here to the studio and pick it up. I will give it to you myself. There you go. All right. Excellent. So here's some Easter stuff going on. Coming up. Yay. Easter breakfast and indoor egg hunt will be held at 9 a.m. to noon, Saturday the 20th at Whitetail Ridge Golf Course, 7671 Clubhouse Drive in Yorkville. In addition to a buffet breakfast, games, bunny photos, and donut wall, and an egg hunt by age groups are planned. Shouts out. Aurora. Oh, yeah. This is uh, held by the Bike Bald Group. So Bike Bald is an excellent organization. They're based out of Oswego. Mm. Provide all kinds of, um, of uh, they, they fulfill wishes and they provide activities like yoga and art and stuff like that mm -hmm. for kids facing cancer. Really? So, yes. Shouts out to Bike Bald. Shouts out to Bike Bald. Aurora Advent Christian Church at 905 North Edgelaw will hold an annual Easter egg scramble for kids through fifth, uh, yeah, fifth grade at 11 a.m. Saturday the 27th on the church's North Lawn. Uh, the Aurora Noon Lions Club will hold its annual Easter Bunny Pancake Breakfast from 7.30 to 11, Saturday, April 3rd, at Luigi's Pizza. Proceeds benefit Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry and Aurora, Aurora Area Interfaith Food Pantry. Now, if you have been paying attention, you will have noticed that they just had 
a double team up. Luigi's and Aurora New Lions for a, did a spaghetti dinner fundraiser, oh, and it went very well. Shouts out. Also for the pantry. Yes, for both pantries. Yep. Very good. Uh, tickets are six bucks for adults and four dollars for kids. Okay. Can we talk about how creepy Easter bunnies are, though? Yeah, of of course. Like just as like it's got to be the creepiest costume of the of the the whole calendar. Melissa Mendoza, good morning to you. Right. Um, Mm. Like, right? Like, and, and, um, cause you know, Santa's a little weird. It's like a guy you sit on his lap and you're like, I don't know how I feel about this cause I don't really know you. Right. But like the Easter bunny, they always have like the scariest faces and, and the vintage costumes are by far worse. Like a 1960s, like Easter bunny costume. There is not a photo that exists. I don't think of, uh, uh, of a kid actually smiling with the Easter Bunny from the era that our parents grew up in. it's They're always, like, crying in terror. Yeah, because Easter Bunnies back then in that era, the get-up of the Easter Bunny, like, it, included, like, a vest or some it, shit. Yeah, he might have it, a tie yeah, or something. Would, and, a, a but, like, tie. the face was particularly terrifying. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like this practice that we did of, like, trying to terrorize small children, which, like, you know, they need to build fortitude anyway. So I'm okay with that. If you're scared of, If you're scared of the Easter Bunny... Like, let us know in the comments. Yeah. I don't know how we can help you. We it's, can't, but we just want to know who um, in our population is scared of the Easter Bunny. Yeah, like I just kind of want to move maybe past the like terrifying person in an Easter Bunny costume. See, um, I here's the thing about the Easter Bunny. I've always felt like he shouldn't be a person in a costume. Like you take Santa Claus, right? The, the, uh -huh. the like what the, what is it, Central European legend of christopher kringle chris kringle sure yeah so we we're, we know we're dealing with a human right the easter bunny they should have right. never made it in, in there's no like guy an in a suit yeah just leave it to drawings man. leave it to a nice bunny like they got punks a tiny phil the groundhog right. right why can't the mayor hold up a big ass bunny right Who that'd be like cool bunnies? right but a guy in a suit yeah. i don't i don't like so it's i'm, I'm kind of with you it's a little weird it is a little right? weird no, I'm a little nervous about, like, you know, with the people, everyone gets the bunnies, right, because they're so cute for Easter, and you give your kid a bunny or whatever, and mm -hmm. be, like, you know, you end up with a really sad, like, pet bunny, right, because it's hard to take care of bunnies, and they're awful, and they smell, but, like... They smell really bad. They do. Um, <laughs> like, that cuteness is, like, uh, although, deceptive. Although, going back to our conversation last week, if uh, Alderman Emmanuel Lamas, who has never owned a pet before... <laughs> Yeah, that's right. If, if bunnies are his jam, like I will, I will get that man a, a bunny. Well, like, yeah. He's, he's Alderman of the First Ward. That sounds right. First Ward. If anybody lives in the First Ward, you should know that your Alderman has never had a pet before and is in desperate need of knowing the love of a cute, cuddly pet. These are the things they should ask people when they do run for office, right? It's like, yeah. what was your first pet? Yeah, they always ask. Like, I, I want to vote for the they, guy who's who's like good with a ask ferret. Things like, what do you want to do for Aurora? You know, yeah. but like, yeah. the people they need to know. Yeah, sir. How much is the price of dog shots? Like, how how in, how blue collar are you? Right? Like, <laughs> right? It's like when they prep like uh, members of Congress who are running for office on like you know, like every morning you find out what like the price of milk is and right. whatever it is that you're campaigning. Right? Yeah, so, exactly. So you're making arugula gaff. Right. Like, <laughs> Like that one time. Yep. Um, okay. More, more Easter stuff. A couple more, a couple more. Right. Um, the Village of Montgomery and Community Christian Church will hold a spring egg hunt for kids ages one through ten Sunday, April fourth, from one to three p.m. That's at Montgomery Park, three hundred one North River Street. 
And then lastly, New England Congregational Church's annual egg hunt for children ages 1 through 10 will be Saturday, April 10th from 10 a.m. to 12.15 p.m. Advanced registration is required and mass will be required for persons age 2 and up. So that's everybody. Yeah. Uh, New England church members will receive priority registration. Space is available on March 6th. Uh, yeah, March 16th, the event will be opened to the community. All right, shots out and stay tuned. So basically, if you want eggs in this town, you have many options. Many options. You do, yep. Yeah. Yes. Very good. All right. Okay. Next thing's next. Kane County is opening a COVID-19 mass vaccination site Woo! in Batavia. We got any listeners from Batavia checking in at the moment? Where y'all at? Feel free, check in. Feel free. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know where you where you uh, tuning in from. More importantly, it's not gonna matter if you live in Batavia. You just have to be a King County resident, right. right? Most of the time, I'm not sure about the King County one specifically, but most of the time, it's if you live or work in the county, you become mm -hmm. eligible. So um, this is great news, and this is again, this is all of my optimism for the week. Even though I personally feel miserable, um, I'm really excited for everybody else to get these vaccines and feel as miserable as I do for a day, and then for us to all feel better, and then for all all, all of us to be able to hug again. All right. Great. Um, do you? Uh, so so. Uh, I think Curtis, you're going to give us a little rundown of the story, but basically. I am. Um, I was. I was. I was uh, sympathizing with you a little bit. So here's yeah, the. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Jeanette's playing. Yeah. <laughs> I was letting you explain, girl. It's I was Jeanette letting you explain. I was, today. yeah. Um, so, Kane County will soon open this uh, site in Batavia. Kane County uh, Board Chairwoman Kareen Pirog said she expects a tsunami of vaccines to arrive in the uh, coming weeks. So, they approved a rental agreement for the site at 501 North Randall, a vacant retail space that formerly held a Sam's Club. And depending on the amount of vaccine available, the site will operate six days a week and is expected to be fully operational by April. King County board members toured the site Tuesday with the Illinois National Guard. Yes. So uh, setting up one of these mass vac sites is actually, it's quite the undertaking um, because you need to have the space. You have to have it all figured out. You also have to bring in, you know, you've got a, a lot of times um, if you're not using a school, right, or something like that, if you're using like a, a former retail space, uh, you know, the lights have been out for a long time. The water's been out for a long time. You got to get all of that stuff like all brought, you know, functional again. Right. Right. Um, and so I know Kane County was looking at two different sites for um, for having mass facts. Uh, they were doing they were looking at Batavia. They were looking at Carpentersville. And, um, and and these retail sites, they, they you know, what happens is we rent them and um, uh, so that we can open up in the spaces, make sure there's insurance, um, you know, covering the space and all, all of those things that you need to have in order to be able to run any kind of major public facility. Mm -hmm. um, but the the initial cost. Uh, yeah. Do you want to quote that? Um, I, I say like half a million dollars, something like that. So the decision on Tuesday came after some board members raised concerns about the cost to rent two locations. Six months rent for both proposed sites would total an amount up to $520,000, causing several board members to ask if the landlords would consider dropping the price because the space would be used to fight the COVID-19 pandemic. In a time of pandemic, quote, and what we're all going through, as many families are suffering and businesses, I'm just surprised and thought that there was a really high amount of rent that they are asking for. 
That's by Barb. Uh, watch me mess her name up on air. Wojnicki. A good, strong Polish name. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So they were they were originally looking at these two sites, one in Batavia and one in Carpentersville. And uh, they were going into old, uh, into strip malls, right? These big vacant mm -hmm. spaces. Now, um, this is a thing that I've heard, regardless of where I've worked uh, in cities or as a reporter or anything like that, you know, everybody thinks that they know how to, like, what they would do if they were in charge, right? Like, why is that space sitting vacant? Someone should put something in that space. Yeah. Um, yes, someone should put something in that space. Um, and yes, uh, property owners should reduce the rents on, on these retail spaces for the greater good because if you cannot, um, you know, shop, right, you can't mm -hmm. support these spaces. And if everyone is still sick, ever nobody's out shopping. Um, but there is a much bigger story to be had here um, in talking about retail spaces, commercial spaces, and um, how, how they operate and how cities are having to adapt to the fact that basically a lot of them are not operating very well anymore. Right. So prior to the pandemic, even before the pandemic started, we were in the midst of this thing called the retail apocalypse. Um, yes. Yes, you've heard the <laughs> retail ominous apocalypse. Name. Yes. yes, it is a very ominous name. And, uh, you know, basically it was like we had all this expansion, particularly in areas like this, you know, where the growth of just the early 2000s was explosive. Right. And with all that residential growth, you saw this growth of these... Um, uh, commercial like strip malls and things like that right so your Randall Roads your Route 34s down as we go like and your Route 59s like um, all, of, all of these strip mall commercial centers were just popping up like crazy and um, that made sense back then but then this like little company came along that was just like well what if we just shipped everything right to people's doors the same day um, called Amazon mm. <laughs> and uh, it's sort of created mass havoc right, right. Um, and and so prior to anybody getting sick with um, coronavirus already um, foot traffic was dropping off at these places they were having a really hard time keeping these businesses open and they were just closing one after another like Pier one would close and then like the justice would close and like all of the, all of these like right. big boxes big box stores have always cycled in popularity right but you were seeing a lot of those closed to electronics chains like all of these things no one was buying those things in stores anymore because you could just have amazon deliver it and if it was closed try it on and if you don't like it send it back and whatever um this is chaos for cities right because they make a lot of money off of the retail taxes in those strips and so they really want to keep those strips open mm -hmm. um and, and so they were struggling prior and what you were starting to see was those big box stores um, okay, well, if we can't sell things in there, maybe we can sell experiences, right? Because they say us hip young millennial folk, we like the experiences rather than the things. And so then you started seeing things like trampoline parks right. and like laser tag and axe throwing and stuff like that all yeah. filling these spaces, right? That was the hip thing for a little while. Right. Um, and of course, so we shifted to these activities that brought people together in enclosed spaces and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, so cities have really been struggling um, to figure out well, how do we keep these shopping centers alive because they do provide so much 
um, revenue for our communities. Uh, and, and then it gets even more complex than that because when you're talking about these two spaces in particular for this mass fax, you would think, well, you know, these companies, these strip mall owners should want to have all these people coming in and using their spaces because it'll drive foot traffic to the other property, you know, the other stores on the property and all of these things. That seems logical, right? Right. Um, and yet you're seeing them not drop the prices on, mm. on rent. So why would that be? Well, right. so a lot of that has to do with the way these strip malls get built in the first place. So if I am a developer and I'm like, I'm going to build a strip mall and we'll see if we can get Target in here and we'll see if we can get, you know, like a shoe store in here and all of that. Um, I want to build something that is going to get those like really good like stores in there. Like I want a Target and I want a DSW. I don't want shoe warehouse. Uh, yeah, I don't want a Kmart and like the shoe carnival, right? Like the higher, you know, the or a Kmart and a Payless or whatever. They're like, Why don't you like Payless? What's wrong with Payless? It's nothing wrong with Payless, but like retail, mm. like nobody's hating on anybody shopping at Payless. Although I don't it sounded think, like a small amount of. I don't hate. think they exist anymore. I think they were one that actually went out too, or if they do, they're like on life support. At right. This they're, point. Right now, they're like the Applebee's of the of the shoe. Oh, poor Applebee's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they don't they don't generate as much sales tax revenue, right? right. Because Kmart and, and Payless sell at a lower price point. So, um, so I, I build these things and I bring in investors to build these things, right? Like I probably am not using all my own money. And so when you build the strip mall, you say, I'm going to bring, it's going to be this prime real estate and bring in these really, these really nice retailers. Um, and the way that the contracts are written to get these things funded is that the investors usually prohibit. Hey, can you these developers mm -hmm. from um, uh, from cheaper from bringing in cheaper from like lowering the rents uh -huh. because you lower the rents uh, and then suddenly you've got cheaper things coming in and they're not generating as much revenue and your property values drop. Right. So um, you what you are seeing and I think that that's maybe one of the things that you're seeing here is that there are contractual clauses in there saying like we can't drop our rents uh -huh, right. we'll get in charge it has to sit either it has to sell for this much or it has to rent for this much or it has to sit vacant right there's lots of other things that go into this too one is that all of these properties a lot of them are like you never know quite who owns the thing in the first place because if you try to find like if you've got a strip of land next to a strip mall it might say you know on the tax rolls it belongs to one two three enterprises which is a shell company for another shell company for another shell company and yeah. you just like can't even figure sometimes out sometimes there's even no there's not even a sign yeah, yeah. right yeah. so it's depending on how much they're trying to market it for if they think it's the right time to sell it like that kind of stuff one two three enterprises and shady, <laughs> right yeah creating like, thing <laughs> right um and then on top of that these investors you know they're usually huge companies with mega portfolios and of, of property and lots of other things and so that's why you'll see a lot of um stores sit vacant for a really long time um because they might the property owner might be trying to bring in new businesses but those businesses are 
might compete with something else that's in the portfolio of the investor. So a good example of this is, let's say I own a strip mall and I had a sports authority in there. And this, remember those, right? Mm -hmm. The sports authority closed. And so now I want to bring in, um, uh, you know, it's purpose built. This space is purpose great for a sporting goods store. So I'm going to bring in like a Dick Sporting Goods or whatever, right? But if the investors um, of this property are like, well, yeah, but we're invested in this other sporting goods company, like right. in Bass Pro Shops or something like that. You can't bring in our competitor because we've got a Bass Pro Shops not that far away. Yeah. So then that's when you start to see these spaces sit vacant for a really long time got it all of the inner machinations of the world you know a lot of times people think it's like oh someone's just not working hard enough to market these spaces or oh you know the city is just letting it go to pot um and sometimes yeah like i mean we have some areas that are really struggling in this city mm -hmm. but a lot of times it, it's uh there's lots of pieces at play that you're not seeing behind um behind the scenes so the time is 8.51 a.m. Did I talk too long? You know what? <laughs> no, you, no, you did not. We, um, we've got a lot going on today. Today is Friday. Today is Friday. We've got a great interview uh, coming up here shortly at 9.15 a.m. That's exciting. It is exciting. This is going to be... Who are we interviewing? You know... Should I should I debut it for the people? Should I? Let them I mean, give them a little tease. You don't have to tell them who okay. it is. But okay. Give them a little tease. I'll tell you. It who's is, gonna Who's gonna want to listen to this? If you're a parent and you're interested in the activities of the youth, oh, okay. You All will right. love this interview that we are conducting today. Okay, um, great, great organization. Um, this was Jeanette's planning. This was Jeanette's planning. This was fun. I'm I'm really glad. This is the first official. Episode. This is the first official episode with the name. Right. Yes. Um, so we hope that you guys have a great, wonderful, positive weekend. Anything we need to let them know before they go? Oh, yes, but the weekend is one hour shorter. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So 2 a.m. Uh, Sunday morning um, is, uh, is it, we're springing forward. Make sure to change your clocks. Make sure to check your batteries and your smoke alarm, right? You're supposed to do that at the same time. Right. That's a thing. It's a thing that responsible adult type people do. They check their batteries and their smoke alarms. That is right. Other than that, uh, have a wonderful day. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Spotify, YouTube, and iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you get your podcasts. Anywhere you get your podcasts. And spotsonfox.com. Promo code GMA will get you 50%. Excuse me, 40% 40 off. 40% off on a membership to find all of the hot spots in now we just talked to you about empty businesses and everything like that and how there were once retail stores and then shopping moved online and we want you to shop online <laughs> funny how that happened but this is Jeanette's planning volume one and we will be back here next friday 8 a.m live very good last words is that it okay <laughs> uh yeah have have a good weekend uh -huh. peace